0: Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body, LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message. And Now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, And I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to Episode 9 of Season 2. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Sharon Grossman. Dr. Grossman is a psychologist, a coach, and author of the international bestseller, The 7E Solution to Burnout. She has hosted several podcasts, including the recently rebranded Decode Your Burnout, which was formerly known as Optimize Your Life. Dr. Grossman was hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out her amazing story on episode 192 of Boundless Body Radio. Dr. Sharon Grossman, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and share all things podcast.
0: There is nobody better to invite besides you because you have done so many on both ends of the microphone. So I'm so excited to talk to you. More excited to listen to you as my voice clearly is not uh, performing at the highest level today. Bad timing on that one. Oops.
1: (laughs) You actually sound just fine to me. I'm the one who thought like my voice wasn't so great because I had a bit of a cold, but um, I think we're we're equally all right.
0: <laughs> well, good. Either way, I know we're going to have some good information for people and people can learn a lot from you. Um, before we talk about that, I want to talk about your story and I want to talk about how you became interested in burnout. I think this is a really interesting and important topic. When did that become something you wanted to focus on?
1: Yeah, so I've been doing therapy for 20 years and during that process, I decided that I wanted to transition into coaching. And I was very strategic about how I wanted to build this business of mine. and so I asked myself some really important questions, which is what you do when you're a coach. <laughs> so um, I thought like who do I like working with the most because as a therapist, I get all kinds of people coming in and they had all different kinds of issues going on you know there were through, Everything that you can imagine in life. And so I really wanted to niche down. And uh, I thought, you know, I really like working with people who are high achievers. These are the people who come in, they're motivated, they're goal oriented, they're into self improvement. It's a lot like me, right? So I was like, I want to work with people like that because we speak a common language. And those are people that are great for coaching. And then I thought, well, what do these people struggle with the most? And um I was looking at some specific industries in particular where they're like really high stress. and um, one of the things that I found in my research is that they struggle with burnout and this was back a bunch of years ago. so I started doing some research on it and what I found was super fascinating is that when my clients would come in and they would describe how tired they are and how stressed out they are and all the things, I would say to them, it sounds like you're burning out. And they never really considered that. So they were like, oh, yeah, that does sound like me. And so I thought, well, this is an interesting phenomenon. Now that I know what burnout is and I can spot it in people, it seems like they don't really spot it in themselves until it's too late. And so I decided this is what I want to do. I want to educate people on burnout so that they can identify it in themselves Early on, and then start to work on intervention as opposed to wait until you're at the end of your rope and then you can't work anymore. Or I've seen cases of people that got so bad that they ended up in the hospital or developed some autoimmune diseases and things like that. Yeah, I mean, there are people that really don't listen to their bodies as much as they're breaking down, they keep going, they keep pushing. This is why I chose high achievers. And um, sometimes it gets to the point where like their body's just like screaming at them and they're like, stop, you know, (laughs) and that's where they're like, like, okay, body's just shutting down. Like you can't, now you really can't even if you want to. So now you'll stop. Right. Mm. And so we don't want to get to that point because that's really taking it too far. And so I really got excited about this because I wanted to write a book and I was like, how do I take all of my knowledge and information and strategies that I've been teaching for 20 years and put it into some sort of a system for people? And so when I came on across burnout and I was reading some of the things in the research, I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting. There's all these things that people are talking about. And then there's the things that people aren't talking about that I've been teaching about and kind of like merging the two together and putting it in some sort of a uh, step by step for people, and so that's how that whole thing came about. And uh, and then yeah, just kind of thinking about starting a podcast. Um, I thought, okay, well, there's there. I had a couple of initial thoughts, and I think this will be interesting for your listeners if you're trying to start a podcast because I've learned some things along the way as I've been going down this journey. So my initial thought was. Start a podcast that doesn't focus on the problem, but focuses on the solution. And that's how Optimize Your Life was born. And the whole idea was let me tell people all the ways that they can thrive, all the things that they can do to really optimize. And so I did that. Uh, I started that in January of 21. And I was committed to doing 50 episodes. And so got through that. And now we're in 22. Um, But towards the end of last year, I really started to reflect on this process. And I'll tell you, I'm going to stop the story right there and I'm going to jump to another story and then we're going to come back. So then um, when I was starting out Optimize Your Life, that was really for the general public. That was for anybody who's into podcasting, who wanted to listen to ways that they can optimize their life. But then I thought, you know, even more niche down, is there an industry of people that I really like to work with? And um, that's women in medicine. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything else that was going on, they really needed this. So I started another podcast called the Women in Medicine Badass Radio Show. And that was also started in January of 21. And I was also committed to doing 50 episodes of that show before I decided what else I wanted to do. Wow. So, so now I'm doing two shows a week where I'm doing all the content you know, for these two shows. And even when I was trying to keep the episodes short, like I know people are really busy. I didn't want to do very long stretched episodes. Um, it still is like a tremendous amount of work Because I also was doing show notes and I was editing the notes and I was uploading everything. So there's like a lot of steps in podcasting. Um, And so what I found is that I am doing a lot of work. I'm doing two shows. I'm creating all the content for both shows. And it started to become overwhelming. And the, how should I say, like the return on investment wasn't there. Mm. Okay. I wasn't getting as much out of it as I wanted. Um, Because it's not just like, hey, you know, you start a podcast and like the whole world is listening to you and everything starts to happen. Now it's like, not only do you create your content and you've got to do all the editing and the uploading and all the things, but now you got to also market your podcast. Mm -hmm. Otherwise nobody hears it. And then what's the point, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So... It's like a lot of work. And so I want to share um, what happened with those two shows. But before I do, I had a third show that I started um, more in like the middle of 21. So this is where I decided to do an interview style show. And I purposely did the format where it's very short And there were two reasons for that. One is because listeners like bite-sized pieces of information, right? If they can get through a show in just a few minutes and they get all the information, like for a lot of people, especially if you're like on the go, if you don't have a lot of time, that can be very appealing. And so I thought, let me have guest experts on my show that can share about their area of expertise in seven minutes and it's a rapid fire format. And so it becomes really fun for people because it's almost somebody described it as like, it felt like they were on a game show because we were on the clock. They have to answer seven questions in seven minutes. So if you're listening to this, one of the things that is really cool about podcasting is you can do whatever you want, right? You can have any format you want. You can have your own content. You can have guests. I've seen people do both where they'll do maybe every other or they'll do three interviews a month and then the fourth one will be their own content. So you can mix and match. So that was my third show. It's called Exhausted to Extraordinary. And I would have all kinds of guests come on. And the difference between that one and the other two as well is that one also had video. So that's another thing that you want to consider when you're doing podcasting, if you want it to be audio only, or if you want it to be audio and video. Um, And I really enjoy doing that one because those I can um, really batch record and release them, you know, I release them once a week. So now I've got a whole bunch recorded and um, I don't have to be under stress. Whereas with the other two, I had to come up with all the content. So I had to do the research. I had to like figure out what I'm going to talk about and then talk about it. (laughs) And I was doing two of these a week. So then it became this thing where um, I couldn't really do a lot in advance because there's so much work as it is. So um, by the end of 2021, a few things happened. I decided that I really want to keep the interview format show Because for me, those were actually less work, but still really valuable. Mm. Um, And the other shows were a lot of work and yeah, they were valuable, but I'm like, you know what? Those episodes are there for anybody who wants to go back and listen to them, but I want to do something else. And here's another kind of lesson. So... I'm a burnout coach. So if I'm doing a show called Optimize Your Life, it's hard for people to connect the dots between what I'm talking about or just even the name of my show and what I do. And if you're podcasting in order to get clients or do something for your business, one of the things that I learned that I would recommend for your listeners is to be really strategic in the naming of your show. So that's where Decode Your Burnout came out, which is the show I literally just launched. And that is going to be an interesting experiment, right? Because now it's number one, it's an interview show. It's not seven minutes. It's a longer length show. Um, And it has burnout in the name. So when somebody's burned out and they're looking for a podcast that addresses their problem, they're going to put in burnout podcast and then hopefully it shows up so then they can find me amongst the other burnout podcasts. Whereas before, if they're burned out, they're not going to find Optimize Your Life because it's not a burnout podcast.
0: Mm. Wow. Right? The, what you just said was so insightful and so good and so full of really, really good um, tips and tricks and information. I really, really love it. What? How, let, let's start with the rebranding itself. What challenges have you seen with trying to rebrand it? Why did you decide to do that and what challenges have you faced with that?
1: So that's a really good question. I was going to do a totally new podcast. I actually was in the process of doing that. And then I said to myself, wait a minute. I already have subscribers. I already have listeners who are listening to this show. I could just give them a link to go to the next show, but then I'm really starting from zero. I've already got 50 episodes recorded. I can just do like season two and now we're calling it this new thing and we're doing a new format. And you know, so what I did was at the end of 2021, My last episode, episode number 50, I explained to people about what's happening next. My last episode was literally like the future of burnout or something. And I was like, this is what we're doing. Uh, You're in review and like, you know, next steps or something like that. And I said, you know, this has been an amazing ride. Uh, And in the next year, we're going to be doing it differently. This is what I'm planning to do. And I just told the people. And so some people may not like it, may not resonate for them because they're not burned out. But for many people, I think this will resonate because um, even though my show was called Optimize Your Life, I was talking a lot about burnout because that's what my book is on. And that's kind of what I do for a living. And so I was really talking about all these ways to optimize your life in an effort to avoid burnout or recover from burnout. And so it always kind of was tied to it, but it wasn't like center stage. And now decode your burnout is center stage, right? So, um, and what I love about this new format is it's also very different. So if you're gonna do a show, the other thing I would say, we said already, you wanna have your keyword in the name so people can find you. Um, and then you want to really ask yourself, like, what's going to make it fun for you? What's going to be like the biggest return on investment, right? How are people going to find you? Like all these things are important. Um, what I did with this particular show, and this is another thing is like, if you look at, well, I'll just use burnout as an example, but there's a bunch of other podcasts out there on burnout. So if you're going to start a new show, you have to distinguish yourself from the existing shows. And sure, one thing that distinguishes your show from somebody else's show is you, because you're different, your story is different, your process is different. So you're going to have followers no matter what, right? But um, I wanted to take it to the next level and make it even more distinct to just make it fun also for the listeners of like, they're not getting very similar stuff from different people, but they're getting different stuff from different people. So what I did with Decode Your Burnout, as I said, I'm actually going to have guests on this show. I'm going to have two kinds of guests. The first kind is somebody who is going to share their burnout story. And I'm going to decode their burnout based on three factors, their programming, their environment, and their personality. So that if you're listening to the show, and you've burned out. The message is this: we burn out for different reasons. So if you've burned out and somebody else has burned out, what helped them may not help you. And so if you're listening to one of the guests on my show and they sound very similar to you, then you want to listen up to what's helped them because chances are it might help you as well. Um, so we're we're looking to also increase self awareness because it's not just about you know, bouncing back because then we can keep keep burning out over and over again. And I've seen that happen if we don't really make some long lasting changes. So really understanding what are some of the contributing factors is very important. So I'm doing that. And then the other type of guest that I'm doing on the show is somebody who's a real expert in their area. And it can be something completely and should be something totally unrelated to burnout. So let's just say you are a swim coach and you have figured out how to help people be amazing swimmers. And you're like, you know what? People think that in order to swim faster, they need to do it this way. But really that makes them sink more into the water and I'm gonna show them how to levitate their body or whatever, you know, I'm just making it up. So I'm going to bring these people onto the show to kind of debunk the myth of what it takes to be really great in their area. And then I'm going to spin those tips into how you can put that into work in the workplace, very much like in the style of Optimize Your Life, right? So we're taking all these amazing strategies from different fields and bringing it back to the workplace.
0: Wow. That is absolutely amazing. You're just highlighting the point of how important it is to sit down and take some time to really truly consider what you want your product to be what you want it to sound like, and what audience you want it to go to. Because I think a lot of times people just start a podcast and they think they're gonna be Joe Rogan or something. And you're right, like if you're not marketing, nobody's gonna listen. And, and you're competing with literally millions of other, you know, podcast episodes that are out there. I just think it's so important to set those expectations of this is what I wanna do. I wanna do something that's different than has been done. I'm gonna choose my format. Then I'm gonna consider who my audience is gonna be. It could be a very small targeted audience. Of people that you know are searching for you and searching for your material, or it could be something more general where lots of different kinds of people could like it, or it could be for your business. I just you've done such a great job of picking the format to suit the audience, and and just been again so um, so mindful of that. I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I think the other thing um, that you can consider doing is, and I've seen people do this as well is name your show after your brand or your product or your um, course or whatever it is that you're trying to market. So if there's continuity in your marketing between let's say you've got an online course or you've got a book or you've got a program um, and your show is the same name, then there is that natural bridge between the show which is a free resource and something that you're selling.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. You really want that continuity so that your marketing is, um, you know, people are able to find your website if they find your podcast and vice versa. Um, Yeah, I love that. Part of marketing is also, you know, it's not just hosting a podcast, it's actually being a guest on a podcast. And you've been a guest on many, many different podcasts. So I'd be curious to know how you help grow your podcast by being a guest on other people's podcast and what things you do to market yourself to become a guest on someone else's show?
1: Well, they say that the best way to grow your podcast is to be on other podcasts because think about where is your audience? If you're looking for podcast listeners, they're listening to other podcasts. And if they don't know about you and now they're listening to somebody else's show and they hear you on there and they like you. Then the natural next step is to bring them onto your show, right? So if you mention like, "Hey, I've got this show," then they're gonna check you out, you know. So that's that's like an easy thing to do. An easy thing to do is just mention the name of your show when you're on somebody else's podcast, um, and that's one way to grow it. <clears throat> I think the other ways are, you know, if you're doing any sort of traditional marketing. um, It could be like, you mention it, if you're doing a blog post, if you have, I mean, people always will say, follow me on, you know, and they'll say like their LinkedIn, their Twitter, their Facebook, whatever you can put your podcast. You can even put it in your email signature, right? So people who you're corresponding with know that you've got a podcast. Um, When you're talking to people, if it's the right audience, you might mention it. So there's different ways that you can do it. Um, I think one of the greatest things that I've seen is like when you create a podcast, there's a way that you can get on all these different search, not search engines, but like um, podcast engines What I mean is, when you create, like I use—I don't know what software you use for your show, but I use Libsyn. Mm. Um, And basically, when you when you upload your episodes and your artwork and all the details, um, they there's all these different podcast engines out there, right? Like we know there's Apple. There's a million of them, (laughs) Uh, but but like think of all the different places where you're listening to podcasts, right? People listen in different platforms. And so you can take your show and submit it to all of those different platforms and then it extends your reach. Mm. And you only have to do it once. So once you've, um, once you've launched your show, you can take your RSS feed and submit it to all these different engines. And so people can find you in different countries and in different places. And so that's another really great way to get out there. What you're talking about, Casey, is if I want to get on somebody else's show, what I can do is I use Podmatch, but there's other ones as well. And Podmatch, for those who don't know, is a free service where basically what you do is you create a profile, just like Casey mentioned, and every day you can search for podcast hosts who are looking for guests And then you can write to them and say like, hey, you know, I checked out your show. I love what you're doing. Here's how I think I can provide value to your listeners. And then you say all the things that you talk about, your expertise, if you've written a book, whatever the things are. And then you wait to hear back from them. And then usually they'll respond if it's a match. Um, And then you'll schedule with them. And that's how you can get on a bunch of shows. You can also go to um, another way to do this is there's a website called listennotes.com. And if you get the premium membership there, which I don't think costs very much, um, you can actually access the podcast host's email address. And so you can email them directly and say the same kinds of things. Like, hey, you know, I just listened to your show. I love what you're doing. Here's my podcast CV, if you will. Uh, and you might even have like a one sheet that you send people to that's got all the kinds of questions that you can answer or the different types of topics that you might cover, talks about your your background, maybe it's got your bio so that they can read it on the show and the intro, those kinds of things. It's really um, easy if you can compile that, even like on a Google doc or something that you can refer people to. Um, and that helps you be a really good guest. On somebody else's show. And it's important to be a good guest on people's shows because number one is you're building relationships with other hosts. And as a podcaster, you want to have relationships with other podcasters, right? Because there's a reciprocation. Like we, I I often will have people who I'm on their shows come on my show. Um, People like to, like anybody who's doing a show, chances are they have some sort of a business that they're doing it for. I've, I have come across people who are doing it just for fun. Like it's just a side fun project for them. And that's cool, but that's not the majority of the cases out there. So you want to find out like how you can help the other person and whatever they are doing. And that's how you build relationships.
0: I love that. That's amazing. You mentioned the one sheet. I think that is so important and really should be looked at like a resume or something. Like you really want to catch somebody's eye. You want to make it look professional. You want to have, you know, your points that you can talk about really well, well well-made questions, well-formulated, a really nice bio. I appreciate when potential guests have that. Um, It it just looks really nice. And at a glance, I can just kind of see like, okay, this is what they're about. I've already got, you know, maybe half of the potential questions I might ask this person are already done. They might be you know really engaging. I I can deep dive into one of those things, but I, yeah, I think that's a really good point to have that done. If you want to get hosted on other shows and, and you're totally right. Like treating these people with respect and with gratitude that they're even taking the time to host you on the show. You know, I, I'll always make sure that I will, you know, promote their show on our social media. I will always take an interview that I gave, um, on somebody else's show and I'll even, you know, release it as a bonus episode on our show just to get more ears, over to that person for hosting me. So I think those are all really, really good points. Um, you've done this for long enough now in so many different episodes, you've really nailed the audio quality. You mentioned return on investment earlier. What are some things that have helped you um, with your audio quality that feel like for you, they were they were worth the investment in either time or money?
1: You mean in terms of Like a microphone? Could be hardware,
0: could be software, anything that you feel like helps you with your audio quality come through crystal clear.
1: Yeah, so I, it's funny because somebody about a year, year and a half ago sent me a microphone as a gift. And it's like one of these really expensive, like several hundred dollar microphones. It's kind of big and it's, um you know, supposed to be really good. And I have my my microphone, which I use, which is Audio-Technica. And I want to say it's maybe 50 bucks, right? And I I did a recording with each of the microphones to kind of quality test, like how they sound differently. And I found consistently that this one sounded better. I don't know why. Um, so I just put the other one in a drawer and I never used it. <laughs> but it's really funny, right? So I think like you want to... Um, maybe get some recommendations for microphones and then test out the sound quality and see which one you like better. Um, And then I use Camtasia as a program to do the editing. And when you do the editing on those shows, you can edit the audio. And so a lot of times I'll have to increase the volume and you can do that on that program. Um, when I do an interview with somebody, I'm miked, but the other person might not be. And so what I find is sometimes I have to edit their audio when they're speaking uh, after the show. So what I'll literally have to do is cut the tape. Um, whenever I'm done speaking, raise the volume just on their part and then cut it when they're done. Right. So like mine's already increased and then I just have to match their audio level to mine uh, because it's an interview we wanted to be consistent across. So those are some of the things you want to consider. Um, I think it's great if you're going to do an interview style that you at least ask your guests in advance to come with a microphone if possible. And if not, then that's what you have to do.
0: Mm. Yeah, that doesn't sound... Um, I mean, it sounds a little tedious to go through and edit that, but it sounds like you're, you're getting really good continuity when you do it. And the quality of your podcast, I, I, it's pretty easy to hear it comes right through. I've always said that the content is king, right? Like if you're if you have got a good message, you're making things interesting, you've got good guests, you know, they're telling good stories, like you you can make up for a lot of errors in the audio when you do that. But I'm also surprised, like one of my favorite podcasts is one of the like top two or three nutrition and fitness podcasts in the world. And the audio quality really isn't great. And you can just tell there's like a lot of echoing and it's such an easy problem to fix by, you know, going to an area that has softer areas and it it is a little distracting. I have to say, like, I really love the material, but when you're hearing that much echoing, it it really takes away from the conversation in a way that I I kind of notice and I don't really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because sometimes people do think content is king. But the truth of the matter is if you have bad audio quality, you're going to lose people because it's a, it's a nuisance in your ear and you have nothing else to go on. You're not watching a video. You're just listening to something and to have it kind of be echoey or spotty or whatever the case may be, that's no bueno. So I, I it's, and like you said, it's an easy fix. So if you're going to spend that much effort on your content and doing this do it right. Yeah,
0: totally, totally agree. Um, you mentioned podcasting being a lot of work and it certainly is. There's a lot of steps and things that you need to do. Um, I'm just wondering over time, is there something that you found was kind of like your weakness or something you didn't love to do and you ended up outsourcing it to somebody else or to like a different software program or something?
1: So when I was doing my own content for the two shows, um, you know, there's definitely like I kind of pre-selected what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the year. I made my whole list of, you know, what I'm going to talk about for 50 shows. Because otherwise I was like, I'm going to be an overwhelmed city. Um, But then, you know, in preparation for recording those episodes, I would need to have some bullet points, right? Something that I know I'm going to talk about. And for that, I wanted to do some research and like what are other people talking about and like what is already mentioned and, and how can I take that and expand on it, that sort of thing. And so at first I was doing that and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to just export that piece of it and or outsource it rather. And um, what I did was I hired a virtual assistant to do the research on, I, I would say, this is the topic, go find me some stuff, some articles, some things and then they would come up with all the things and i would just have to like click those links or look at their little bullet list of summaries or i asked them to gather up some quotes and i would often use quotes in my show and that would be like an inspirational point um i've even done shows where i they came up with such good quotes and they came up with so many that i just did a show on the quotes it was like maybe 5 or 6 quotes and i just expanded on those quotes and that became a whole show so um, having somebody else gather up the information, even though I was creating the content, uh, was really helpful because it was one less thing that I had to do. And certainly if you're listening to this, there are so many other pieces that you can outsource out you can outsource the editing. Um, I was using, um, Google to do the transcription, but the way that they were doing the transcription wasn't a hundred percent because, uh, they don't really do punctuation. It was all just one one run, like run-on sentence. So I'd have to go in and edit it and that would take even more time. So um, I then switched over to a program called Descript. So if you're going to do show notes, Descript is something that you just literally upload the video file or the audio file and it will transcribe the entire thing for you. And... You can go through the text and if let's say you've made an error or maybe you coughed or there was a buzzer or something that went off and you want to cut that out, um, you can literally erase that text and it'll take it out of the audio as well. And you can override something that you said. Maybe you slurred your word or maybe you misspoke. You can literally edit the text and it will... Up, this is amazing technology. um it will literally change your audio as if you said that word. so it takes your voice and it starts to like, through artificial intelligence or whatever, like change as if you you said it this other way. so I, I think that's really phenomenal.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, I've never heard about yes, that. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Well, we will definitely link to that in the notes. That sounds um, really super cool. Amazing what you can yeah. do now with all this technology. This has been an awesome conversation. I'm so grateful for you that you come so well prepared to talk about so many different things that you're doing. I've learned a ton for sure doing this. Um, doing this interview. One more time. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your work, about your podcast, and where they can find you, connect with you, and connect with your show?
1: Sure. So again, I. What I am passionate about and what I do every day is I am a burnout coach. So if you want to learn all things burnout, check out my website, DrSharonGrossman.com. I've got some free offers on there that you can get. Um, I've also just started a newsletter. So if you want to stay in the know about all things burnout, that's the place to go. Um, Also love to share... If you're, as I mentioned earlier, like a lot of times people aren't really aware that they're burned out or that they're in the process thereof. So for that reason, I created a burnout checklist. So if you want to look into that and kind of see how you're doing, then go to drsharongrossman.com forward slash burnout checklist. And then um, the two shows that I now have since I've wrapped up my other shows are Exhausted to Extraordinary, which is that seven-question and seven-minute format. Super fun. And Decode Your Burnout, which is brand new, but you'll also be able to access all of the previous 50 episodes that I did last year for Optimize Your Life. So be on the lookout for that. They're all also on my website. So if you're not sure where to go, um, you can link to everything from there. And um, if you are a woman in medicine, I still have those 50 episodes from last year up uh, for you to get caught up on. So that's everything me.
0: That's amazing. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Dr. Sharon Grossman, thank you so very much, not only for appearing on Boundless Body, but for appearing on this show and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and everything that you've learned and had to change along the way. And it's, it's really great to get to learn from you and always great to talk to you. So thank you so much for everything you've done and thank you for appearing on our show today.
1: Yeah, super fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank
0: you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.